0: Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better? It applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC, a lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details.
1: Hey, loyal podcast listeners, this is your host, Michael Smalley. Wanted to remind you, check out SmalleyInstitute.com because you can go there and sign up today for free to the number one reason relationships fail online course. When you sign up, you will start learning immediately exactly why relationships get in trouble, whether it's marriage, parenting, friendships, business, Doesn't matter because all relationships get stuck in a universal pattern, and when you don't know it, you fail. So sign up today at smalleyinstitute.com for the number one reason relationships fail online course. Welcome back to Smalley Marriage Radio. This is your host, Michael Smalley. And I have, or we together on this journey have arrived at day seven. Yesterday's post was a little late in the day, almost completely forgot to post it, but I remembered and I am, honestly, I'm feeling pretty good that I'm seven. For seven now on recording these podcasts about the 28 statements from Jesus that can transform your relationship, we're still in part one, which is the critical importance of intimacy with Christ. So if you're going to transform your relationship, it starts with an intimate, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is actually the last episode in part one. So the next episode is going to be the beginning of part two, which is how how Jesus wants you to love each other. But before I get going into Luke 12, 32, you might hear some noise in the background. Sounds like there's a, a leaf blower and you're going to hear cars coming by and engines starting and stopping because we're still in Southern California and I am now... Been relegated to the car. Why am I in the car recording this? Because of a nerd alert. That's right. My wife, the sparkle, Amy Renee Smalley, wanted to go with my daughter, Reagan, to one of her theology classes here at Biola. So I had the privilege of driving that school nerd all the way to Biola this morning so she could go to an 8 a.m. class with our daughter because she loves it. That's my wife. She is a learner, and she loves nothing more than sitting in a class and listening to someone talk, uh, which is maybe maybe that's why our marriage works because <laughs> I love to talk, uh, and she doesn't really listen to me that way, which is probably smart on her on her behalf. So I am in the car. So I apologize for any distracting background noises, but you're going to have to get over it because Luke twelve thirty two says, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Wah. Wow. We're talking about intimacy. Why do we want intimacy? How does that impact your relationship? Well, when Christ refers to us as his little flock, He's talking to believers, believers who belong to God's kingdom and live under God's loving care. That's verses 22 through 31 here in Luke. He cares. This image, right, of a shepherd recalls the Old Testament's depiction of God as a caring shepherd of his people. You can look that up in Psalm 7720 or Jeremiah 1317 or Micah 4.8 elsewhere in the New Testament presents Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament's promise of a true shepherd of God's people. There's references all over the place here in the notes that if you want to dig deeper on that, that, but that's, that's a big thing that Christ embodied is fulfilling that promise that God had recorded in the Old Testament, that there's going to be a shepherd and, and, and just the picture of a shepherd and their love for their flock and their love that they would give their life for any one of them, right? Jesus uses another analogy of, you know, the 99. Man, we are going to celebrate when that one lost sheep is found. But here's the deal. The true disciple is not afraid. So if you're struggling with fear and anxiety and worry, I got to challenge you. and, And I'm saying this as someone who thankfully has a personality type and the kind of upbringing I had that fed into my sort of natural personality. I'm not one to typically struggle with fear, anxiety, and worry. <clears throat> it's not in my nature. So those of you listening where that is kind of a common, that's sort of your Achilles heel, relax, take a deep breath. I am not saying that you don't believe, or you're not an actual disciple. If you worry, because my issue might not be worry, which it isn't, but self-discipline. Uh, yeah. A true disciple is also going to be self-disciplined, and that one is mine. That's my big struggle. So it doesn't mean because you have a struggle. Remember, it's, never, it's, it's about never being comfortable with the struggle, not satisfying or not being satisfied with, well, that's who I am. I'm a worrier, or I just lack like self-discipline, so la No. I have to have that conviction through the Holy Spirit that this isn't right. I need to get better, Lord. I need to surrender this to you. Because the true disciple is not afraid because of a sincere trust in God. The true disciple doesn't draw their security from things or people or places, but from God. This is what makes you free to give to others when called upon. You want freedom. You want freedom from that issue, from that fear, that anxiety, that worry, that undisciplined behavior, this is where freedom is. It's entrusting him. We can read here, if their treasure or security is money, because that was a big part of this section in Luke, then that will be their consuming passion. It is an idol and you don't want that. You don't want your security in people, places, or things and possessions because it becomes all-consuming. It's the thing that will be most important to you. So you want to release that. You want to get that over, give that over. You know, so why did Jesus make this statement? Well, because the Jews he was speaking to were worried a few verses before. They're being told not to be like other nations who are seeking possessions, and 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 they're thinking, well, whoa! But will this really allow us to be happy? Because you know, it looks like they're happy, and how how would possessions? I mean, if I have a house, if I have money, if I have, aren't I aren't I naturally going to be more relaxed? And they're worried about that. A few verses later, it's their fear about giving to others, right? When Jesus tells the rich man, sell everything you have, get rid of it. Listen, Jesus is not saying it's bad to be rich. What he was doing in that moment, my belief, is he was confronting the very nature and heart of that man going, hey, possessions and your money to you are more important than me. Get rid of it. Get get rid of it. it. It wasn't meant to be this blanket statement. God can bless you with finances, but you better make sure that you understand this isn't yours and that you are giving freely and that you are helping others and blessing others with that finance. It's that attitude of wanting to hold on just in case, like, I got to keep this extra cash because what if? That is a lack of faith. John Piper says, we stop focusing our quest on things and we start selling what we don't need and turning our stockpiled resources into ministries of kingdom bringing love. Mm. So how does this statement from Christ help your relationship? It was interesting in my research, I found, I found this, I had just never read this before, but the Romans had a proverb which said that money was like seawater. The more you drink, the thirstier you become. Similarly, as long as our attitude is that of the rich fool, our desire will always be to get more, and that is the reverse of the Christian way. That's from W. Barclay. This statement of Jesus helps you realize you are not the center of the world. It's self-centeredness that could be destroying your most important relationships. Jesus is trying to tell you that in your relationship, what are you worried about? Because you don't need to worry. It's the very nature of of God to give you his kingdom so you don't need to worry about your spouse Jesus highlights the problem in your life if you're worried it's a faith problem as a believer you live under the loving care of God to experience freedom from a hurtful or frustrating relationship trust in God focus on God and not your relationship. Your perspective and your worry are going to change. You can't even help it. I'll end with a precious quote from Corey Ten Boom, who incidentally, my family lived next to when we were in Waco, Texas and used to have dinner with her. And she loved my dad. And she was the one who taught my father to use objects as illustrations when he's speaking. And that probably became one of the defining things of my father's speaking ministry. But Cory ten Boom says this. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength.
0: Hey DC! Right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better? It applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right! At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC! A lot. VisionWorks. We're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See Store for details.
1: From producer JJ Abrams. What happens to those people? They have been given a purpose. Critics are calling Overlord one hell of an entertaining ride. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord it are. In Theaters and IMAX November 9th, directed by Julia Savory.